from calling out corrupt politics, citing the United States Constitution, books born in American history. You're the relentless patriots. Now, without further ado, here is the most relentless patriot of them all, the relentless patriot Frank. Hello, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Relentless Patriot Frank here uh, with another Relentless Hour in the Relentless Room <laughs> talking about what our problems are on a daily basis in terms of COVID-19, the social justice war, our Second Amendment rights are being stripped from us, etc., etc. But I'm going to read something. This is published... What is now a blockbuster article on August 22nd, 2005, under the heading, get ready for this, everyone, chloroquine is a potent inhibitor of SARS, coronavirus virus infection and spread. Emphasis mined throughout, write the researchers, we report that chloroquine has strong antiviral effects on SARS COVID infection of primate cells. These inhibitory effects are observed when the cells are treated with the drug either before or after exposure to the virus, suggesting both prophylactic and therapeutic advantage. So let me get this straight. From a, a journal published by Dr. Fauci himself in 2005, had literally said chloroquine is a potent inhibitor. So why, you know, what's the deal? If, if that's the case... What's the problem then? And of course, this means, guys, that Dr. Fauci has known for 15 years that chloroquine and its even mild or derivative hydroxychloroquine, HCQ, will not only treat a current case of coronavirus therapeutically, but prevent future cases from happening. So HCQ functions as both a cure and a vaccine. In other words, it's a wonder drug for the coronavirus, according to Dr. Fauci in 2005. I mean, you guys heard it right. And if you don't, if the, the source for the article is nw-connection.com, the, vir the Virology Journal. And, um, you know, that's just one of many research, uh, and even the same thing from these uh, scientists and doctors that have came out and said the same thing that Fauci did. And meanwhile, they get censored. And of course, Fauci, as you know, has been back and forth on wearing that mask. Put it on. Don't put it on. It's effective. It's not effective. Guys, I got news for, I got news for all of you. Screw the mask. Stop the fear mongering. And that's that. You know, like uh, another article came out. And even though I hate, I hate the New York Times, they, they covered a huge march against the virus. Thousands marched today against the virus measures in berlin so not only against the virus or against wearing the mask and social distancing an estimated seventeen thousand people defied social distancing and mask requirements in a protest and apparently it's by neo-nazi groups in berlin conspiracy theorists as well as germans who said they were fed up with the restrictions like guys if you were fed up with wearing a mask and if you know for a fact that you know chloroquine or hcq hydroxychloroquine can help you or can help therapeutically prevent it or help cure it, then it's okay to march against it at this point because it's, it's not really, 
you know, the coronavirus, COVID-19 is still around, but not in, a, not in the abstract in which they said it would constantly kill people every single day. Thousands more would die, this and that. What you're going to find are fake news cases and reports on which who has it and who doesn't. And if that doesn't fool you into not wearing a mask, you know, then I don't know what will. Um, we can't stand by anymore. I mean, 17,000 people, that's an amazing number that came out and protested against this stuff. And it's important. They already know their freedoms have been taken away. And who exactly are these neo-Nazi groups, quote unquote? You know, you, you got to love how the New York Times just throws out words like this with no valid proof listed anywhere in the article. It, it, it's, a, it's a BS scam, if you ask me. And I'm, so, I'm sick of the, you know, obviously you guys know I'm sick of the politically correct left as is. So why are we even bothering to call people that are against the virus neo-Nazis? It's exactly that. It's because of the agenda. And that's not fair. That's not right. You don't call people that. You know, call it luck or good timing. Um, now's the time to get out and protest even more. Or back to blue rally. Or an all lives rally. You know, all lives matter rally. Because that's where you get to show your dissent and discern. You are allowed to march and express your rights. No matter what the government says. You know, um, it, it, it's an important part of not, not just America. But around the world, you see a lot of people love protesting. Or they love rioting. Or they love expressing their rights. And that's okay. You're allowed to. You're perfectly allowed to say and speak out against the globalist world agenda. Run by the you know United Nations and the... You know, the communist movements all around the world. You know, and, and what's, what's the deal with uh, Pizzagate? You know, and Oprah, Oprah's show getting canceled, Ellen getting canceled, Bill Clinton going down finally, you know, thank God, and Tom Hanks moved to Greece, and De Niro is seeking Italian citizenship. Oh, it's because they don't like this country anymore? No. Look up Pizzagate and look up Tom Hanks and Robert De Niro. And the thing is, they're both on those flight logs to Jeffrey Epstein's Magic Island of Kitties and uh, discussing this. I'm pretty sure you guys have seen that. And uh, it really it really is just goes to show you that we're in trouble here. We're in trouble. The radical left seeks to annihilate us. And, and when, in, when in history did nearly become a sign of disrespect? When? People bow before Jesus, they knelt before the cross, they kneel in prayer, they kneel at someone's grave, right, to pay respects. But kneeling is suddenly a sign of disrespect. If you take a knee, you're considered an oppressed victim. And that's not fair. That's not fair to the people who actually want to show respect and kneel in front of their elders, you know, or kneel in front of the cross, or whatever it may be, like, Kneeling can no longer be a sign of oppression. We must denounce this. We, the people, the patriots, need to start standing up against this radicalized agenda. We know what they're up to. We know what, what we're up against. And, um, you know, maybe Kaepernick was kneeling out of respect for our flag <laughs> and our national anthem because kneeling is a sign of respect. Maybe he was kneeling and we just didn't know magically, right? So, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about is, um, you know, all these police officers that are getting assaulted by all these people that claim to be oppressed and victimized. When meanwhile, meanwhile, they have never, ever, ever brutally assaulted any perpetrator, any criminal. 
they've they've read them their rights, they arrested them respectfully, and they never laid their hands on them or brought them down to the ground or anything like that. You know, and um, it's terrible. We got to remember why we are honoring them because they're making the ultimate sacrifice. They're taking the time out of their day to, you know, respect the people, protect us. They're taking their time, right, as you guys know. Um, another thing in the news that I wanted to talk about is the, this is a Hollywood producer, a friend of Jeffrey Epstein, Steve Bing, as you know, is now dead after quote unquote falling off of a building. The elite financier and friend of Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein is said to have thrown himself from the 27th floor of his apartment building due to depression. Due to depression. Is there more to the story, guys? I think so. You know, like, Steve Bing, I'm going to just give you guys a quick history lesson, was mostly known for creating Shangri-La Entertainment, which is a production company behind several Hollywood movies, including Kangaroo Jack and Polar Express, starring, you guessed it, Tom Hanks. Bing was also known for being a high-rolling financier who was close with several elite figures, including Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein. You know, in a 2019 Vanity Fair article by Jeffrey Epstein, Steve Bing was mentioned as being part of his Lolita Express Circle, quote-unquote. Whatever that means, folks, but um, I'm pretty sure you guys know by now that's pretty disgusting, if you ask me. I mean, they were always the most beautiful girls in the room, usually models or former models with a slightly aloof Stepford wives aura. Um, that masked the deeper vulnerability and, you know, innocent schoolgirl types and, you know, you know, whoops, I just happened to, you know, lower my panty. Like, it's, it's terrible. But anyway, like several names came up when they were around, you know, uh, Epstein, supermarket magnet Ron Burkle, uh, film financier Steve Bing, as you guys know, just said it before, former President Bill Clinton. Um, then in the prime of his post-presidential career and flying around in the Epstein's jet, dubbed the Lolita Express or Burkle's jet, dubbed Air F-U-C-K-1. Yeah. That's terrible. You know, on, on, on June 22nd, nearly a year after Epstein's quote-unquote suicide, Steve being plunged to his death by falling off the 27th floor of his Los Angeles apartment building. Doesn't that sound awfully suspicious, guys? Although there was no suicide note found, Bing's death was quickly ruled as a suicide by law enforcement. The reported reason for the suicide, he was depressed about the lack of human contact during the quarantine. Are you kidding me? What excuse is this, people? Suddenly, magically, more people that supported or were in contact with Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein are depressed and they kill themselves. Are we really going to stand for that as patriots? I mean, seriously, guys. I mean, at this point, like, you know something's going on, and you know people are getting caught now, and it's only a matter of time before all of them go to jail for all the heinous acts that they've committed. You know, so in other words, let me get this straight, right? This exceedingly rich man who has bought human, you know, who has literally bought and been in contact with human life, you know, humans his entire life, killed himself right as COVID-19 lockdown measures are loosening 
The circumstances behind this death are as bizarre and illogical as those surrounding Epstein's suicide. Is it possible that Steve Bing was killed by being pushed off a building, Russian mafia style? I think you guys know the answer. Did he know too much? Was he at risk of squealing on his elite buddies? Here's a quick look at this rarefied environment, right? So you got Steve Bing's ex-girlfriend actress, Liz Hurley. She posted this pic on Instagram in the wake of his death. He's wearing a t-shirt. You guys can't see the picture, right? But uh, he's wearing a t-shirt that applies rather perfectly to the occult elite. And it says, get out of jail free card. Yeah, I think you definitely were on Epstein's Island, Mr. Bing. I mean, look, at age 18, guys, Steve Bing inherited an estimated $600 million from his grandfather, Leo S. Bing, a real estate developer who made his fortune in New York in the 1920s. After inheriting his fortune, Steve Bing dropped out of Stanford University in his junior year to pursue a career in Hollywood. So automatically, this guy was a dropout. He didn't care. He was all about Hollywood. He's all about the, you know, the fast life, as you guys can say. You can already see where this is going to go, right? While his success in Hollywood was rather limited, Bing was very successful at womanizing with girlfriends such as Naomi Campbell. Oh, look at this. Here, here are all the names magically popping out, right? So Naomi Campbell, Uma Thurman, Sharon Stone, Farrah Fawcett, and a variety of Playboy Playmates. His wealth and networking skills allowed him to make some very prominent friends, such as Hugh Hefner, everyone, Mick Jagger, Warren, Warren Betty, James Caan, oh my God, Prince Andrew, Jeffrey Epstein, and Bill Clinton. So, you know, as you can see, like, and Bill Clinton came out with a tweet on the 22nd. Uh, I love Steve Bing very much. He had a big heart, and this came out, you know, June 22nd, right? Um, he had a big heart, and he was willing to do anything he could do for the people and causes he believed in. I will miss him and his enthusiasm more than I can say, and I hope he's finally found peace. Well, Bill Clinton, my friend, I think you uh, you helped them find the peace that you were looking for, not what he was looking for. <laughs> we all know you had something to do with his bed, and that's funny. You know, and... um. If you look at in, uh, 2008, too, guys, like, and make sure you look this up, okay? In 2008, the Clinton Foundation released a full list of donors, and Bing was near the very top of that list, okay? Now, if you look at donations from um, $10 million to $25 million, you have the AUSA ID, which is terrible. I, I believe the AUSA is a, it's it's a, for veterans or, or for anyone that serves in the military or the army. Um, that's crazy. And that's a shame that the Clinton Foundation received donations from our military. <laughs> Excuse me real quick. And then you got Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation coming in second. And Stephen Bing coming in a whopping third place. You know, that's crazy. And again, this is between... 10 to $25 million, Bing is third under the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So you're telling me Bill and Melinda Gates get a pass, Steve Bing will get a pass, you know, and, and it's funny. Um, somehow, magically, he chucks himself off a rooftop. 
Mm-hmm. He committed suicide because he was depressed about COVID-19 and being quarantined. Doesn't that ring a bell to you guys? I'm pretty sure you know a lot of you out there um, in this group know that being relentlessly patriotic and calling things out for what they are matter. And as a relentless patriot, I will say this about Bill Clinton. You slime bucket. How dare you keep waxing your friends off? You're the one who created this mess. You know, if I was if I was doing that to my friends, everyone would know right away because I'm not a psychopathic killer like you are. But, but you deserve to go to prison. You deserve to rot there. Or be hung, one of the two. Or strangulated. Whatever, whatever type of suicide, that, you know, or murder that you have done to your friends, you deserve to go through it tenfold. And I mean it. Sincerely and wholeheartedly. You are the enemy of we the people. And we will find out about you. We will find out about you. Rest assured, we are coming to town. You're going to be taking the court for the whole world to see what you have done to us. And your friends. And the amount of lies and smears that you've used with, our, with your campaign money. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Mr. Clinton. You know? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. In a 2008 article titled Bill Clinton and the Billionaire Boys Club, the now defunct website Gawker depicts Bing in a rather unpleasant light. Okay? The introduction of this article, and here's proof here. As we learned in Vanity Fair yesterday, Bill Clinton has spent his post-presidential life gallivanting about the world, and you guys know this, with a small cadre of scummy billionaires. All aging boomers, all sadly unwilling to mature, all addicted, all addicted to sex with, a, with women a third their age. Who are they? What do they want from us? Hint, if you are a girl aged 14 to 22, they want to have sex with you. They want to have relations with you. Let's meet the whole crew. They are just like entourage except gross old billionaires. And this section, again, from Vanity Fair in 2008, about, about being says this. Relation to Bill Clinton. Bing is a big donor to the Democrat Party. Also, he has a private jet that Bill likes to write on. Oh, my goodness. How does Vanity Fair, a magazine, know so much about Steve Bing? Are they a conspiracy theory too now? Now that they actually can tell somewhat of the truth? Sexual misadventures. Well, there was a fraternity fight with Elizabeth Hurley and another with the ex-wife of billionaire Kirk Kukorian. Net worth is around $1 billion. Youngest known special friend, unknown. <laughs> and that just goes to show they're making fun of the light, but at the same time, they're telling the truth. You know, and, and here's the thing. Everyone complains about billionaires and, and corruption. Well, here's one of the billionaires that actually is corrupt. I'm not saying all the billionaires are corrupt. We know that the majority, though, do some slimy things behind closed doors. Um, and they definitely decide to be arrested and taken down, you know, for what they've done, right? But look, if you look at Steve Bing, he was also one of the driving forces that coerced Graydon Carter of Vanity Fair not to publish a piece on Jeffrey Epstein and just uh, Lane Maxwell, written by John Connolly for Vanity Fair. Like, so Steve Bing actually forked over some money to these people so they would keep quiet about Jeffrey Epstein or Bill Clinton. 
And um, it, it's disgusting. It's utterly disgusting. The, you know, the least one can say is that Bing was connected, as you guys know, with some powerful people, right? Who happened to be connected with elite pedophile rings. Other than Epstein himself, Bing was probably one of the most high profile culprits remaining at large. And suddenly he kills himself a couple months ago. And I just, I didn't know about this. I'm just doing more research, just throwing the information out there. I mean, look, maybe Steve Bing did throw himself off a building because he was truly depressed. Or maybe he was thrown off of a building because he knew too much. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys know where I'm getting at with this. You know, the economic crisis caused by COVID-19 has caused a massive drop in advertising revenues, making it difficult for independent websites, you know, and independent business owners and, you know, people to find a job. Like, let's go out there, guys, and support independent research, you know, um, news associations. Like, we already know CNN and Fox and all those other crazy people and news networks get a ton, a ton of money for spewing fake news, right? 24-7, all day, every day. I'm not talking in its entirety, but the majority of it and the writers, New York Times, etc. they already get a ton of money because you have tons of subscriptions. So make sure you guys go out there and, you know, support, you know, uh, news writers like the Vigilant Citizen or the Independent or um, the Epic Times. They're the ones truly doing the research for us. So, you know, make sure you get out there and support these, you know, independent, you know, news sources because they speak the truth. As far as I'm concerned versus the mainstream media, they are the truth. You know, and I'd rather believe them any day of the week than if CNN were, were to tell me literally there's an asteroid plummeting to Earth and then literally nothing happens the next day. <laughs> Pretty sure you guys understand that, right? You know, like, and I, and I just can't believe today, you know, I also want to talk about the NBA. Like, what's with the NBA? You got people playing basketball in Black Lives Matter apparel. Like, we already, like, was taking a knee enough for you guys? Was putting uh, decals in the football helmets enough for you guys as well? Was putting Black Lives Matter on the side of your basketball courts? It's just never enough. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have, and I, and I, and I want to give kudos to the Orlando basketball player. The, you know, the Magic, Orlando Magic basketball player, who stood up during the National Anthem because he has done more for his community than LeBron James ever has for his. And he's been doing constant charity work for the past 20 years since he was a young man. And I want to give him a tremendous amount of credit and respect for what you've done. You've stood up against the tyranny. You stood up against virtue signaling. And you've shown that, yes, you can stand for the flag and still do good things for your community and not virtue signal. That's a very important aspect that we all should admire and understand. You know, as an American, we, uh, we have a duty to our other fellow Americans to help, to support each other, right? And that's important. I want you guys to remember that. Um, people that kneel, that haven't done anything for their communities, that haven't even, you know, stuck up for the small guy, per se, who haven't donated some of their time to fixing their communities, shame on you. 
Shame on you for sitting there and criticizing the Orlando Magic. One of the, and I, I'm going to look up his name real quick. But, like, shame on you for picking on him for standing up for the national anthem. When, meanwhile, you haven't lifted a finger or donated a dime to anybody in your communities. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. And you, and you want to pass judgment on one person because he decides to stand up for the national anthem. And you guys want to call yourself oppressed. You're getting paid millions of dollars to play basketball and now you have your you have your you have your you know your your jerseys with black lives matter you have the basketball courts painted like i said before you have all these other you know entities making black lives matter the main attraction in the basketball courts you know and uh but yet it's just not good enough you have to pick on the guy who stands up for the national anthem and again that's me being harsh or me being too nice i guess but it's being relentless, and I don't mind being relentlessly patriotic at this point because we, at this point, guys, we all need to be and, you know, call things out for what it is. People ought to be ashamed of themselves for making fun of people that stand up for the national anthem. Kneeling is a sign of reflection. It's a sign of um, respect, especially when you do it at church, right? We all know this. Like, and since when does kneeling become a sign of disrespect? Why? Because Kaepernick wanted to disrespect the national anthem? No. No. Just like the American flag. Like everyone, everyone, everyone on that side of the aisle wants to burn the American flag because they think the American flag represents oppression. Well, meanwhile, they don't, they don't do their research or their history lesson or whatever else it may be. They, they have yet to add and contribute to society, by the way, and I'm pretty sure you guys know and understand that by now. But at the same time, we must stand for the national anthem at this point. We already know. We already know what's going on. We already know what's at stake. And as patriots, it's our job. It's our job to point out the naysayers against this country. Because there are plenty of them, as you guys know. And it's good to see everyone on. How you guys doing? And um, I know it's a little late. I apologize for coming on. I was just on the uh, – I was, was on our Facebook channel group. And talking to Relentless Patriot John about the Second Amendment, he was doing some firearm instruction, which is very, very important. If you guys didn't catch it, I will upload it onto Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, see, here's the thing, too. You know, people need to stop assuming that being a patriot means you're a racist. You really got to stop doing it at this point. There are plenty of patriots at all these rallies that I've met that are of different ethnicities, different cultures, different descents, and they're all there for America because they love America. They're not going to cave in to political correctness or identity politics. No. They're there. They were at these rallies with me side by side because they care about this country. And you got to remember that, and you got to respect that, right? That's one of the things you guys should always understand about people that love this country. They come from all different you know, races, religions, and cultures. And we shouldn't put them down for it. Since when has it become an evil notion to support the flag in the United States of America, the country in which you were born? And one thing I'm going to say about people of color is that your ancestors have been here longer than mine. Right? Hello, Don. How are you? Good to see you. Um, you know, I, as you know, I was just talking to John and you know, just a couple things I wanted to touch base on. Like, 
people of color, especially black people. You've been in this country longer than most of the immigrants, such as myself, or that were Italian or German or Irish. You've been here longer. And you're more American than you think. You're more American than you think. You're more American than my family, that's for sure. You know, you were born here. And, I'm, and I know you value being a good citizen. I will never, ever pass judgment based on, the, uh, based on your skin color. That's not what I'm here for. I am here to show you that the Constitution is for you. It's for me. It's for everybody. And we need to start rallying behind that. That's how we're going to defeat communism and socialism and Marxism and these movements that go with them. And these groups, these Antifa slime buckets. That's how we do it. We rally for our rights and our constitutional freedoms that it provides. Not, not with this, you know, do as I say, not as I do movement, as you guys know. You know, so again, going with the pedophilia, the, the, why is it that most Democrat elites, which are the billionaires, by the way, for the majority of the billionaires are Democrats and liberals. You know, you have your actors, you got your basketball players, your, your football players, like you got it, you know, athletes in general, you got different politicians all funneling money and lobbying left and right with all these corporations. The majority of them are Democrats. So what say you about the, you know, about feeling truly oppressed? I think we're all oppressed against the Democrat Party, if you ask me. You know, and people on the right want to sit there and cross their arms. Well, I don't know what to do. That, that's their problem. No, no. It's, it's, it's an American problem. It's an American problem. And we need to understand that it's an American problem for a reason. And we need to really start rallying for America and march against communism. Now, Donna, are you able to come on if you'd like to speak? You're welcome to, uh, I can bring you on if you'd like. And um, you're welcome to say a couple things if you're available. You know, like, and, and, here's, and here's my point with all this. Here's my point with all this. We need to start congregating. Okay? Rallying is good, which is fine. But I know you guys. You want results. You want results. So here's what I tend to do. Okay? As promised. And we're going to set this date up on my calendar here. Okay? Come September. And I... And I can see this happening already. Come September 17th, Antifa is threatening to march on the White House and take it over. And I don't know how true it is. It could be a rumor. It could be full of garbage, as they usually are. But a march against communism is exactly what we need. So I'll give you details closer to that, you know, to around that date. Um, but in the meantime, just be ready. Be ready in case. We are called upon as a militia. We have a choice now, guys, and we start, need to start preparing for what's inevitable at this point. And hopefully it never comes. But again, like, we were, like me and John were talking about, we got to be prepared. You know, and, and what's up with, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter leader, you know, Sean White, Mr. Mr. Talcum X Powder himself, saying that white people's churches should all come down. Is that what you really want? Is that what you really want, you fool? You want to be? You know? If there was a word for me to use for this guy, 
It's vanilla. He's a wannabe of vanilla ice. <laughs> you know, like, he's a well-known agitator, guys. You know, so again, he's saying that all white people's churches need to be torn down in the name of social justice. In a pair of tweets posted on Monday, Sean King explained that white churches are little else but white supremacy writ at large. Yes, I think the statues of the white Europeans they claim is Jesus should also come down, he says. They were a form of white supremacy, always have been. So Jesus, the person of healing and love and, and uh, doing what, you know, who actually did what the liberals claim they, they are about, of tolerance and of peace and of forgiveness and understanding. You're telling me that that man is about white supremacy? Simply because he's depicted in a white paint? Or he's painted with a lighter skin tone? It's not about white supremacy. You know, and, he, and here's the thing. Yes, Jesus was from the Middle East. But look, there's a black Jesus, there's a Spanish Jesus, there's every single culture has had their own version of Jesus. Does that mean we take away those two? And I appreciate you all listening at this time. Our group, by the way, for those of you on Instagram and Facebook, has reached um, almost half a thousand members in the past month. And I am very grateful for all the listeners. And a lot of you guys actually listen at work, too, and that's, that's pretty cool. I'm not even a podcast guy, and I think that's awesome, right? You know, anyway, back to Sean King. Um, but he wasn't done. He wasn't done with what he said. He was advocating, guys, for the bulldozing, literally the bulldozing of churches, just like the Nazi party did in the 1930s. Does that sound a little familiar to you in terms of tyranny and disorder and disorderly conduct and, you know, doing things in the name of social justice because you're oppressed? Has anyone done the history lesson? I sure as hell have. You know, he goes on to say that all murals and stained glass windows are white Jesus. And his European mother and their white friends should also come down. Jesus. Literally, Jesus. They are a gross form of white supremacy, created as tools of oppression and racist propaganda. They all should come down. Like, guys, we all know that Sean King is a scam artist from way back when this group was first formulated. He was one of the co-founders, as you guys know. About 10 years ago, he began making a name for himself as a black writer. Quote, unquote. He's black. And he's whiter than I am. What is he now, Bino? I mean, seriously. He claimed, he claimed to be black for a decade before people realized that both his parents are white. Are you kidding me? And he just affected a fake black persona. In the meantime, he was able to finagle a job as a Black Lives Matter representative and social justice reporter for the Intercept and the Appeal, you know, News networks. But make no mistake, America, and I want you guys to remember, he is voicing exactly what the terroristic Black Lives Matter movement wants to do to us. And wants to do everyone else. How you doing, Jerry? Good to see you. We're just talking about Sean King and his crazy, you know, Talcum X rant. <laughs> um, so look. Liberals want to come. Like they, they have already nearly finished taking down all the statues to white people 
you know, of white people, regardless of what those whites did to earn a statue. Next, that we were coming to burn down your churches, not our religion. None of this is about racism, guys, as you can clearly see. It's all about destroying the United States of America. You know, like, you want to bring down churches because there's white Jesus inside. But you don't want to burn churches that have a black Jesus inside. Or a Spanish Jesus inside. Like, this is how crazy these people are. It, you know, and, and who's going to look out? Who's going to look out for all the uh, fallen police officers or the fallen people that were shot in these protests? Is he going to do it? Is he going to come out and publicly apologize for what he's for what his group has done for the murder that they've done they're the ones oppressing other people if you ask me you know and you know and here's something that just came in um i don't know if you guys saw it today but in staten island new york you know the department of transportation wants staten island artist scott lobito to remove a bright blue line he painted along a divider on Highland Boulevard outside of the 120, uh, 122nd Precinct or face getting hit with summons or worse legal actions. But yet Black Lives Matter is allowed to be painted everywhere. But you can't paint the blue line in the middle of the street. And meanwhile, it's in between two highways where no one's going to be really walking on it. or You know what I mean? Like It's like a small little you know, divider. I mean, are you, are you kidding me? You're going to send them a cease and desist letter and instead turning that letter into a piece of art and auctioning it off to NYC Cops and Kids Boxing Club. That's awesome. And it's okay to put Black Lives Matter everywhere but keep the blue line, you know, but not keep the blue line. Like, when I went to a police rally in Flemington, they made us... Yeah, we were able to paint the blue line, but it was with chalk. And as soon as the rally was over, immediately the street sweeper and public service transportation units came in and cleaned all the chalk off. And what did we do? We went right back in the middle of the street and colored the black, you know, the blue line right back in. Because that's what we have to do. If you want to talk about discrimination against conservative artists, I mean, and just because you support the men and women in blue, that's not fair. It's not. You know, you want, you know, they wanted to fund the police, and meanwhile, he's funding them. He's already donated to them. But yet, the police gave him a cease and desist letter and had, uh, they want him to remove the line. And it's crazy. I mean, no one, if you look at a bunch of Steve Crowder videos, um, Steve Crowder went to go visit certain towns that were obliterated by Chaz about a month or so ago and or two months now and there were people painting murals of different people that got shot and apparently the mayor gave him permission quote unquote permission permission to put up victims of police brutality all over the place but meanwhile the business owners who had all their businesses boarded up because of all the looting and all the riots and all the protesting, didn't give permission to these people to just simply paint a George Floyd mural on their windows or around their businesses on their walls. And yet, here, they, here these uh, liberal artists were, 
painting murals, but you can't put a blue line in the middle of the street because you support police. Like, and City Hall went out to say this, that it's not open season for painting streets. What are you talking about? You guys went open season for, B for BLM without anybody else's permission, without small business owners' permission for their, for their, you know, for their locations being desecrated with, you know, victims of police brutality, this and that. But yet, you won't let him paint a blue line in the middle of the street where it doesn't really affect anybody. Sound crazy much? I think so. Sound very communist-like? I think so. That's just, that's insane. I mean, open season for painting streets? Of course it's open season for painting streets. Every single borough, for the most part, and even Staten Island, or I think so or not, has a Black Lives Matter mural. But yet you can't do a blue line. In which in a month it's going to be erased by the rain anyway. Are you kidding me? This gets me so fired up. As a relentless patriot, let me just say this. Let me just say this. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You got to be fair to everybody. You got to be fair to everybody. If you let BLM get painted on the side of the street or in front of Trump Tower, then you damn well need or allow a blue line to be painted, you know, for not even a mile long, maybe a small segment of the street. You should allow that. You communist bastards. The last thing I want to talk about real quick, and again, this has everything to do with, with besides from COVID-19 or blue, you know, blue line, if you guys read in the news today, New Jersey Assembly passes a bill. And I want you guys to listen to this very, very closely because this affects small business owners and people that, will, that have lost their jobs. Okay? The New Jersey Assembly passes a bill that would allow illegal immigrants to obtain professional licenses. What? So let me get this straight. You strip us of our small businesses. You're picking up people for reopening. You're shutting them down. You're stripping them of their business license, uh, licenses. But yet, you're passing a bill that allows illegal immigrants to obtain professional licenses. Are you kidding me? And this is done in approval where Governor Murphy... I'm sorry, I just moved the camera. Where Governor Murphy is going to sign this piece of legislation. What a scum bucket. I mean, I mean I'm going to be really honest here. Like, are you kidding me, Murphy? You've already, you've already desecrated the economy. You've already got, you know, got rid of we the people and our jobs and our businesses. And then you're going to give more rights and more government assistance to illegal immigrants to obtain professional and occupational licenses in New Jersey. Well, meanwhile, there's a huge concern about the supply of jobs in general during this time, this, during this pandemic. The more I see what Democrats do, the more I know for a fact it's a pandemic at this point. And the thing is this, once Governor Murphy signs this bill, it's going to immediately take effect. It's not going to take a couple weeks to a month to a year like it does for an FID permit, but it's going to take less than a week. Basically, ASAP. I mean, I'm disgusted by reading this. And he, go, and he goes out to say, you know, 
This is a spokesperson for Murphy. His name is, or her name, I don't know, Aliana Alfaro. Sounds like a girl's name. <laughs> spokesperson for Governor Murphy that uh, he said this, or she said this, believes that immigrants are a critical part of the fabric of life in New Jersey and they should not face unnecessary barriers as they seek to participate in our society and economy. Right. Which is true. We have a nation of immigrants, but they're not coming in the right way. So how are they granted or allowed to open businesses, get a license, etc.? I mean, this is crazy. They're allowed to enter in. I mean, this is what the bill says. They're allowing them to enter in a variety of professional fields. Cosmetology, pharmacy, like pharmacists and accountants. That's some of them. I'm pretty sure this government works in the case in terms of them joining the unions. So, you know, they're going to give these people free everything. Aside, aside from the bailout money that you guys know we all got, all the stimulus bill package. They also got that too, by the way. Okay? Now they're going to get jobs. They're taking, they took our jobs away and are now giving it to them. How is that not crazy? How is that not, you know, wrong in the Democrats' eyes? You know, there's nothing else I can possibly say. Nothing else I could possibly say. But you want to pick on Ian Smith and Frank Trombetti for wanting to open up New Jersey, you know, their gym in Attilus in Belmar, New Jersey. You want to pick on them, right? That's okay. You want to pick on them, now you're going to strip them of their business license, and you're going to give it to an illegal immigrant. You know, look, guys, unfortunately, if you come in here illegally, you shouldn't be granted access to have a business license or practice law or whatever it is. You came in here illegally, that's it. You no longer have privilege. You shouldn't receive the same benefits that an American does. That's just the way it goes. I wouldn't receive the same benefits if I went to Mexico or Canada. They'd be like, who are you? You got to stay here for a while before you can get anything. Then you got to prove your loyalty or allegiance. It's ridiculous. You know, like, Allowing those in this country illegally, guys, to get occupational or professional licenses takes jobs away from American citizens and legal immigrants. Already, guys, there are more than 1.3 million unemployed individuals in New Jersey alone who are suffering as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic and lockdowns. Providing occupational or professional licenses incentivizes more illegal immigration with high unemployment the focus should not be on illegal immigrants it should be on us we the people we're the ones meant to suffer and this is what i mean by saying this is a direct attack on america we are in trouble here we desperately need to go back to work you know, and instead of encouraging more illegal immigration, we should be encouraging getting the economy back to what it was, if not better. And we're not doing that. You know, and here's the thing. The bill touches on a long-standing issue surrounding Democratic states taking steps that make it easier, not harder, 
for illegal immigrants to participate in the economy. Giving them free driver's licenses and business licenses and health care and all the benefits that we the people are having a very, very hard time getting these days. So what say you about that, you patriots out there? Are you relentless as, as I am about all these things that are going on? I mean, we need to keep this fight up. Otherwise, everything's going to be lost. We've got to fight against these governors, these communists. But anyway, it was good seeing you all on here and um, looking forward to the next Relentless Rant with you. Again, feel free to come on at any time you want to speak your piece. I'd be happy to have you on for an interview or for, you know, a rant of your own. <laughs> Till next time, guys, take care.